Hello and good evening. My name is Josh, and I'm joined as always by Aaron and Bob. We're the folks who can find the method of the madness, reason and the unreasonable, make sense out of nonsense, because this is okay. Hear me out. Remember, everyone, do we do have a voicemail line that is over at 833-492-4442. Again, 833-492-4442. So if you have any conspiracies you want us to investigate, any myths you want us to debunk, any shit you want to throw at us, call that number. Aaron and Bob, how are you doing this evening? Good, and I actually just realized there's a good chance that we have voicemails that I just didn't try. Oh my god. Oh god damn it. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, what what do, what do I look like here? Am I a fucking secretary over here? I don't know. Oh yeah, there, there's some voicemails. There's some voicemails. Do you know what I'm going to do? Uh, the episodes where we actually remember to mention it are like, just coming out now so I, we'll, you know we'll what see. i'm gonna do I'm, I'm gonna get you a day planner with a nice little unicorn and maybe you know some flowers around <laughs> it and everything so you can just plan your day write everything in there you have some colored yeah. gel pens <laughs> so you can like have color coordinated or <laughs> color code for, for we'll play the voicemails on the next episode but we actually have three voicemails and i I, oh my I'm god. Gonna, like, yeah, no, hey, thank you, we have... thank you everyone for calling in. You listeners are great. Aaron, however, <laughs> yeah, I'm like is a fucking oh, retard. Yeah, this sucks. We had voicemail right off the bat, but no one's Maybe you should no give Bob like, access. You should give you should give Bob access to this voicemail. I think uh, I think he'll handle it much better. We'll have access to it technically. It's on the it's on the Gmail we all share for the drive. Oh, technically, uh, you oh, could have that. all looked at the voicemails. So, you know what? I'm shifting the blame uh, to it's only one third my fault. Send out a memo next time. <laughs> yeah. Send this all an email. Yeah, Jesus excellent Christ. start, guys. Well, you have me. <laughs> well, uh, hey, I think we just found the, the method of the madness right there. Yeah. <laughs> hot streak, Aaron. Pick it up where we left off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's, hear, let's hear Aaron out. <laughs> yeah. Fan engagement is overrated. <laughs> They're usually either retarded or... No, that's about it. That's about the only option. I mean, I've already said that, and... Okay, we've yeah. heard Aaron out. We've heard Aaron out. I, I disagree, but... Oh, God. That's great. So... Are you guys ready for some gravy? I'm about to start my three-parter on my favorite subject on the in the entire world. Yeah. Okay. Sure. This is this part three of the moon. Are you are you finally done nope. with that moon shit? The, the moon. I don't. Yeah. No. Not the moon. The moon is not my favorite part. There's one piece that stems from my favorite subject of all time, Antarctica. Oh. The exploration or lack thereof of Antarctica is the most interesting thing in the entire world. So you want to go take pictures of penguins? I I wish. What? I wish. I what I really want to do is travel beyond the penguins. Whoa. <laughs> there could be undiscovered species of penguins out there. It's way more that we don't have cool that geo photos of. It's so much more interesting than that and that's my favorite part is that what that's what people think when they think Antarctica. I mean, like, we've already just a bunch <laughs> of penguins. We've already explored the entirety of it. It's it's wholly mapped and the only thing that's over there is for science purposes, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's just a, it's a science haven that we've completely explored. Nothing's there but a big sheet of ice, except no one's allowed to explore it at all. And it's you will be you will face the wrath of like multiple militaries if you try to. Wait, wait, wait! I th I think Aaron is jealous 
of the sellout shill scientists. He wishes he were uh, a lover of the science that he could, he had access to Antarctica. Oh, bro, I don't even think they have access to Antarctica. But anyways, <laughs> let, let, me, let me start right from the beginning. Okay? So, Hitler <laughs> tried to... <laughs> yep. We're starting at Hitler. I like elected it. president start- in 2016. Ooh, I like it. Uh, honestly, start every book report off by going Hitler. So and then this guy Hitler. Dot dot dot. <laughs> yeah, there's this guy Hitler. I don't know if you know. <laughs> he was super interested in Antarctica. Okay. And the him and his buddies they they had a they had like a doo-wop gang I think called the Nazis and uh, a doo-wop <laughs> gang. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they had cool uniforms. Mm-bop, They're pretty mm-bop, snappy. Mm-bop. <laughs> yeah, I, they did some other stuff. You know, they're just some cool guys. Woo. They're into the cult and all kinds of weird stuff. And uh, they would love. They love to explore uh, Antarctica. And they, their exploration got cut. Uh, their, whatever their projects working down there was cut, cut a little short by a few things. Uh, <laughs> and then America took over. And in 1946, they sent a gigantic uh, exploration team to establish a research base in Antarctica. Wait, 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 wait. Hold 19- on. Can we back up just a little bit yes. back to the Nazis? What were the Nazis doing yes. down there? Uh, they were also trying to establish bases. Uh, they One of the things they wanted to do was establish a spot to refuel like submarines. And it was basically to help them take control of the, the water. Okay, so it was a, a strategic military location for them, essentially, is what you're saying. Yeah, initially that's, like, what they wanted. They also, but they spent a little little more time down there than I thought they would. Um, wait, wait, sorry, I'm, I'm looking at a world map right now. Uh, related to uh, Germany, any of Germany's enemies and uh, any, you know, land in general involved, and any countries involved in World War II in general... Um, Antarctica seems slightly out of the way. Are you sure they weren't like looking to summon demons down there, like in Hell or in Hellboy? <laughs> that's that's a plot in Hellboy. I think they go to some you know Arctic wasteland. Nah, there's always the Nazi but... base in Antarctica. I mean, honestly, the best horror, one of the best horror movies of all time, The Thing, that took place in Antarctica. So, oh yeah, and one of the worst, and Aliens vs Predators, which is fucking terrible. <laughs> that was a great. Oh, okay, never mind. Sorry. What? I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> we're not going to get derailed. We won't get derailed, but you're wrong. That movie sucked. Okay. Um, so, yeah, but the what you want is you, they wanted a launch off point from down there. They were also like all over uh, Argentina for some reason. The, the Nazis were all over the place. They're, they're, uh, oh, that makes more sense. Okay. Um, so they had, they wanted to establish like a refueling station in. Because where are they going to refuel if they're in the South Atlantic? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They wanted to establish a base there. Um, there's a, some dumbass article where it says that they were looking for a replacement for margarine. And whoever... Oh, I read that. Yeah, whoever wrote that article uh, the, the, is a When they're reader. looking for, like, seal blubber or something? Of course. Like, as a replacement of margarine? Yes. Which... It makes no sense. It makes zero sense. If it, there's, you know how many seals you have to kill to pay for the fuel to f- go chug a bunch of chug along with a ship from antarctica to germany with seal blubber to replace the margarine in germany like it, it was the dumbest thing i've ever read in my entire life but anyways <sighs> nazis were interested in it that's all you need to know to what extent some of it's a, a lot of it's like speculation that's why like it starts ranging from like secret Nazi bases in antarctica all we know is that they went there a lot and were trying to establish a uh, different bases and stuff 
could go with their submarines and ships. Um, so then in 1946, America gets involved uh, right after World War II. They send a giant exploration team down to Antarctica, and that is called Operation High Jump. And it is... Uh, oh, this one's fun. Yeah, it's found, it was uh, headed by Ad, this guy named Air, Admiral Richard Byrd. Um, and they went to establish a base in Antarctica in 1946 to 1947. Um, and it was a lot of people, too. It was like almost 5,000 troops and a shit ton of planes and ships. They took like a fleet of ships down there, like 17 ships or some shit, or 13. Took an aircraft carrier and a whole fleet down there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were doing some serious base building. So um, they go down there. Oh, wasn't that Operation of Failure? Uh, didn't they like kind of give up halfway through because winter was coming? And it was wouldn't the, the they say that lover? anyways? Like, what do you, you know what I mean? Like, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. They, <laughs> they sent all those guys down there and they just didn't, they, you know, they just went on a whim and, and they couldn't build the base in time. Yeah, I bet. That's what the story sounds like. Yeah, of course. Of course it sounds like that. That's what they would say if they're building a secret <laughs> Antarctica base, like, to be fair. <laughs> So like I don't I, I don't care what if they accomplish building a base or not it's just that they went there with the purpose of building a base. Um, okay. So Bob, we actually have an interview with Admiral Byrd talking about when he that's uh, just an interview where he's talking about going to Antarctica. If you want to pull that up real quick, we'll listen to him for a minute. Yep, got it right here. He has he says a couple things that are really interesting to me. Okay, here we go. Our guest tonight found out whether there was any land north of the North American continent. He made that first discovery flight, and I must say that Admiral Byrd, our guest tonight, is not only our greatest living explorer, but he's been an inspiration to countless Americans. Admiral Byrd, you've been to both the North Pole and the South Pole. Is there any unexplored land left on this Earth that might appeal to adventurous young Americans? Uh, yes, there is. And not up around the North Pole, because it's getting crowded up there now, because they find out it's really usable, not only to live in, but militarily. But strangely Pause enough, there's left in... Okay. Um, that I find interesting. Um, if, you Google Matt, if you Google Earth, the North Pole, you don't see shit there, and they just show it as a big... It's just water. Well, that's because it's all melted because of global warming. Yeah. <laughs> what is he talking? You look like tw 20, 20 years ago, Google Earth. <laughs> what is he talking about? That it's livable, livable and crowded, yeah. and 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 people realize it's usable. Where is he talking? Like about? militarily? Yeah. What the fuck is Did he you, talking like, about? Did you want to attack Russia from the north or something? Is that is, is that the plan? And there aren't Google Earth pictures of it if you go to it it's like they you know how they have like the the stock like this is just a blank water color kind of because they don't actually have a real yeah. photo of it that's all they have yeah, yeah. for the north pole it's like hey i want to know what the hell well, they can't the north pole. wait 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 they can't have kids trying to look up santa's workshop and see that there's <laughs> nothing there aaron like uh, obvious answer yeah it's real crowded Militarily, Santa's building a military base. Weaponized <laughs> reindeer. But like, I mean, my my son said he wanted an AR-14 for Christmas, so like, Santa can't say no to that. <laughs> well, slightly slightly off topic, 
there's these old the old Mercator maps, uh, the 16th century explorer that like basically had the best maps of the 16th century. They were pretty accurate. Um, he shows the North Pole as a landmass, and it has four landmasses with rivers running out of it and a mountain in the middle. Which is weird. It's like a Nordic it's mythology the, thing. Well, that's the thing. He, like, accurately mapped, like, Africa and all these different everything, except the North Pole has this landmass that doesn't exist there with a big mountain in the middle of it. And that, like, if it, it, they show it not existing. I would love to, like, go to the North Pole. This is, that's, that would be up on my top five of places to go, but not as interesting as Antarctica still. But still, hear me out. Reporting live on location from uh, the North Pole. Next to me is a polar bear. Imagine if there's like Mount Olympus at the North Pole that no one's ever told us about. (laughs) It's actually called Mount Nero. It's called Mount Nero. That's what he called the mountain. Um, It it does sound like a mythological representation to me, rather than an actual, you know, geographical landmass he's trying to represent or or drawn up there. Oh, Meru. M e r u. Sorry. Like, I'm sure you could look up a map of ancient Greece that has, like, perfect coastlines, and then you see a Mount Olympus right there in the middle of, uh, see, like, an Atlantis right off the coast. I'll have to do a thing on map- Mercator maps later, but um, just trust me, in his maps, he shows a landmass there. Yeah, you, and it's weird you that, show me the maps. Right, yeah. it's weird that Admiral Byrd says it's crowded at the North Pole militarily. Like, what the... Right? Am I, am I wrong in thinking that's weird? Because, A, Greenland's not crowded. So I don't know if he, he can't be talking about Greenland. That's the closest landmass to it. Like, what is he talking about? And this is in like 1950. Yeah, I can't see like maybe I, I with no military idea. bases, it's like like a hundred percent of the bases would be military bases. You know what I mean? Maybe we don't even have photo. We don't have satellite photos of the place. Yeah. We don't even know what's there, really. None of us could confirm right now what the hell is actually at the North Pole. Mm-hmm. None of us. That So that's interesting to me, like, at least. The, this guy says this. Shit like this, like, slips through the system somehow, like, where you're like, wait, what does he mean it's crowded? He just says that, like, it's so matter-of-factly. And he, <laughs> well, well, let's, let's continue the interview. Let's see what he says. Well, yeah, yeah. Back that up, like, five seconds and then just continue it. All right, here we go. Because they find out it's really usable, not only to live in, but militarily. But strangely enough, there's left in the world today an area as big as the United States that's never been seen by a human being. And that's beyond the pole on the other side of the South Pole from middle America. And it's, uh, I think it's quite astonishing that there should be an area as big as that unexplored. That's a tremendous So challenge. there's a lot of adventure left down at the bottom of the well. Admiral, do you hope to see that? I do. Wow. I mean, it's a, hu- it's a huge landmass, right? It's freaking astronomical. It is. Yeah. Yep. Astronomical, is it? Sorry, is? whatever. Oh. I'm just using words here. No, I, I know, I know. It is a no? biblical amount of land that it, we have un, uh, not used, okay? <laughs> So that's a, that's what my that's what my first point about it is that a they it's a United States sized chunk of land that we have no pictures of except for 
at the where they take like tours that are like right by the coast and stuff. So like the amount of land in Antarctica that we actually have photos of and stuff is like if you took pictures of Virginia Beach and then said this is all of America <laughs> and then just like nothing to see here, just some penguins and that's it. And also all of America's a no-fly zone and if anyone goes there we'll kill you. We do have some pictures and videos of uh, of the South Pole and like the Ring of Flags and the base there and of, of other bases uh, on the yeah, like, Josh. They've changed that location multiple times. They just that's just a thing for a photo op. But from 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 the video I was uh, watching, apparently the, the specific geographical location of the South Pole changes minorly, and they actually like move the sign for that or move the, oh the, the American flag God. for that. <laughs> I mean, I'm just reporting what I uh, what I had heard. That is. The dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life, by the way. <laughs> what do you mean the fucking geographic location of the South Pole changes? Does it just float around? Is it just like a floating piece of ice? I like sure. they just say, just floating. They That's just say shit and everyone believes it. I swear to God, if it's just like written in if it's like published, people are like, Yeah, no, that checks out. Like I don't think people <laughs> actually question like anything they're told ever but anyways it doesn't matter where the fucking south pole is because i don't even know if it exists um but that's what we have that's the situation we have in Antarctica. is we have a united states sized piece of land the equivalent of virginia beach having photos of and then them saying yep close it down and there's nothing else but this the whole rest of the way we promise no one has ever <laughs> flown over it. No one. Well, that's because there, there's nowhere to emergency land. Like, obviously, it's not safe to fly over there. Yeah, I know. There's exactly. Magnetic you, poles. There's a uh, erratic weather. Totally. You um, can't, you can't no fly over land. it. I mean, yeah, you got to yeah. have a place to emergency land. Like when we fly across the Pacific Ocean, you know, all those places to emergency land out there. Yeah, the, the, well, that's why they don't fly over Mecca, and that's why don't they don't fly directly over the Pacific Ocean. They go go north and like up, uh, kind of through Alaska. Mecca, Mecca is uh, what ten they square miles? Of an airport, ten there. square miles that you can't um, fly around. Yep, the the logic definitely holds up. Um, sorry, I got thrown off. My girlfriend came in with a full pot of coffee, and she's like, <laughs> "You know, I have." I, I'll tell you a really dumb story about me making the most gigantic mess in my kitchen, real quick. Um, do tell please so i made coffee before i took the dog to the dog park and as soon as i poured enough for a cup it was still running though so i like i just turned it off so today when i went to go make a full pot i poured the pot in but i didn't realize when i turned it off there's still like four cups worth of water in the back and i fucking wasn't looking and i just exploded water over the top so then it was as full as possible which is more water than the coffee pot can fit so then when I started it, after I cleaned up that water, the coffee then overflowed out of the pot, and I had to clean up fucking spilled coffee everywhere right before the show. <laughs> and so now she came in confused, because I have a full cup of coffee, but there's still, like, a full pot in there, because <laughs> I filled it up beyond the brim, because I'm a retard. <laughs> oh, man. I spilled all my so coffee. There's that story. And YouTube's down. I can't do anything right today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it was a nightmare. It was... YouTube's down is pretty disorienting. <laughs> you, but, um, yeah, yeah, okay. So there, there are very 
<laughs> there are very uh, uh, very obvious and very real reasons why you can't fly over certain places, whether it be the Pacific Ocean, the uh, Mecca, you can't or the fly South over the Pole. Pacific Ocean. I was being fucking sarcastic. Every flyover Obviously, state. Obviously, you can't fucking. <laughs> yeah, how do you think you get to Japan? Like. Uh, yes, of course. No, no, but I was, I was saying you, you don't take a direct route like over the, the width of the Pacific Ocean. But, uh, go kind of up around the coast of Canada and like through do Alaska. It. Planes, uh, partially because, uh, like, because the shorter distance for a globe Earth and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. But what I'm telling you is they do make flights that don't have fucking emergency landing spots for hours on end. Yeah, I know. Flights over the Atlantic. Okay, okay, good. Of I course. You were yelling at, <laughs> I thought you were making an actual argument against that. No, I'm just reciting something I heard in a video. <laughs> Yeah, I know. You always do these goddamn BuzzFeed takes and it drives me it, it's hard uh, to It's hard to pinpoint when he's actually doing it or not. I know it is. Sorry that I'm actually stupid sometimes too. No, you just gotta turn. You gotta turn on your inflection, uh, you know, programming, so that I yeah. Tur- turn on your your radio voice programming, uh, like right when you start doing all that. The uh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Nope, go ahead. nope, nope, nope. The unexplained so then, magnetic phenomenon around Mecca. Sorry, go on. After, so after Operation High Jump, 1946, they established a base in Antarctica, or fail, do it, fail doing it. If they did fail, they went back in 1955 with Operation Deep Freeze, where they were went to establish more bases in Antarctica. So I don't know why they would do that if they already had a one half finished base before, but. They go and establish more bases in Antarctica. Um, oh, uh, side comment. Um, interesting thing I, I saw was uh, apparently Russia had their first encounter with Antarctica also in 1947. Um, it was uh, some whaling ships, but um, I just thought that was a nice lineup of uh, operations. Well, yes, and Russia is also at the time exploring Antarctica. There's actually, by the time like the uh, mid-50s rolled around, the countries that had a presence in Antarctica were... Argentina, Australia, Belgium, Chile, France, Japan, New Zealand, Norway, South Africa, and the Soviet Union, and oh, and the United Kingdom and the United States. So those were all the countries that were originally involved in the Antarctic Treaty. Sounds pretty crowded. So yeah, in 1959, they decided that they would make Antarctica uh, untouched by humans so that they could save the penguins in 1955 or 59 when, you know, the USSR was really into environmental environmentalism. And, and making treaties with the U.S. too. Yeah, both to things. They love both, both of those. They're their favorite, <laughs> two favorite things. And they're like, two, both of my favorite things at once? Oh my God, it's a miracle. <laughs> of course we'll sign that right away. So they, they say it's going to be just for scientific study, but they don't say Antarctica. They actually say uh, pre- it prohibits all public exploration below the 60th parallel, and it's under military enforcement. Um, it is still currently the longest standing treaty and isn't even up to be retabled until like 2040 or 2044 or something Holy like that. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. So. Are we going to have countries then? Yeah. It, dude, it's insane. And and their big reason is they go, well, you know, it's we'll ruin her. We'll ruin Antarctica. It's the, you know, we can't destroy this natural habitat for the penguins. And um, that's the most... Well, if I remember correctly, part, part of the treaty is also uh, no military operations down there. Well, yeah, except for they all have military operations down there. Yeah. 
Oh, yes. Yes. Except for the fact that they all do that. That part of the treaty is not as important because they have that to enforce <laughs> having no military or exploration. Um, so they have to have military down there in order to do that. So um, <clears throat> this is where it gets crazy. So then NASA is also formed. It's about right around the same time. And so is Russia's space program. Russia and the United States start creating their space program and also sign the Antarctic Treaty. Um, this is where I start wondering what they found down there. Because then in 1961, we have Operation Fishbowl, which is where we uh, armed a bunch of B-52s with, what was it, B-52s? I don't remember the plane, but we got these planes that we flew them up as high as we possibly could and then launched nukes as high as we could and exploded them in the atmosphere, which they claim, I think they've claimed that some of them went off, detonated over like 100 miles up. So like practically in space. And they did that in um, Antarctica? Yeah, really. No, no they, they did, did this post Antarctic Treaty, but they did this actually in uh, I want to say they did it outside of Alaska. There's like multiple stages to this. They were called like there's like Dominique Unaka or something. Uh, there's like three different times, but they 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 claim they exploded like 200 something nukes in the atmosphere during for Operation Fish. God Park. damn, what the <laughs> fuck? But we don't have most of them. Uh, are you going to talk about the Russian project, whatever it is, K? No, tell me about this. I don't even know about. Oh, oh, there's the the Soviet project K, where they're doing the exact same thing at the exact same time in 1961 and 1962. They were shooting nukes up way high. Is, is that why that whole and, generation uh, I, was ruined? It was just because all this radiation was raining <laughs> down on on the planet because fucking the USA and like the Soviet Russia was just irradiating everything with their dumbass ideas. Like, let's go test all. That's actually how COVID was born. <laughs> yeah. You nuke. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, uh, but they're—I don't even remember what's, what they were testing. Like, didn't make sense to me when I read it. But uh, yeah, and and like with that, the U.S. was doing it, or their big arc of missile was um over uninhabited area. But Russia was doing it like over Kazakhstan, and there was just like some fallout in Kazakhstan. Oh, dude, yeah, they—they they were claiming that they were what they were trying to um, they were testing like some sort of particles at different heights in the atmosphere like oh it's some nonsense fucking explanation but so they they go to antarctica they decide in 1959 that no one's allowed to go there and then they start nuking the sky um some conspiracy theories uh conspiracy theorists claim that they may have found the fucking dome and now they're trying to nuke it open. <laughs> Hence the name Operation Fishbowl. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like that. That's the, kind the, of, the high jump kind of genius, isn't the, it? Well, the high jump too. It sounds like they're trying to jump over the ice wall. So I, I, I like these. Yeah. <laughs> and so that—that's where it starts getting weird. And then they—that's when they create NASA and they have this big space race and all these nuclear arms. All of a sudden, the USSR and the USA are really fighting with each other, but really gaining a lot of power by pretending to about to fight each other. Um, and they all keep doing the most identical, they keep doing identical, running identical programs, like they're, uh, like it's the illusionist and, ah, uh, oh, shit, what are those two movies about magic that came out the same exact time? They're both one of those. Illusionist and... 
the the prestige the prestige yeah that was the two okay yeah it's like that where all of a sudden a bunch of magician movies came out at the same time ussr in russia or in the usa are doing the exact same thing they're just they've had like five bigfoot movies in the last two years they do that all the time with movies they both go to antarctica they both decide no one should go to antarctica then they both create fake space programs that are like laughable and have like claymation and shit in their space movies. Then they both start trying to nuke the sky, and then you go, "Oh well, this is this is crazy." Now, obviously, what you're saying right now is the most nonsense shit I've ever heard in my life. Um, just so everyone knows, and this is fucking true, we do east to west circumnavigation. Tens of thousands of times a day. We have done north to south circumnavigation zero. I think there's like three flights total that claim they might have done that. And it's like so unsubstantiated. And it's still like three. They're like, no, it happened once. And it's like, we do the other one thousands of times a day and anyone's allowed to do it. North South, we don't do, and we don't have any photos. Google Earth doesn't have any photos of Antarctica. Go fucking look at it. Try to zoom in on spots. It's the weirdest hodgepodge together thing you've ever seen. There's no fucking photos you can zoom in on except for a couple spots on the outside. Um, the ISS doesn't go over Antarctica. Uh, there's no satellite imagery from anyone of Antarctica. It's for all you know, it does not look like the fucking United States. You have no idea what Antarctica looks like because you have almost zero evidence of what it looks like and they won't let you go. And just to give you an idea of how big the 60th parallel down is, um, <laughs> they, this is the amount of land that they aren't allowing people to go on. So I... I'm just going to have you guys look at this map with me real quick. I know the listeners can't hear it or can't see it, but if you follow the There'll 60th be a link parallel, in the show notes. it is all the way across the right where like the Alaska and Canada meet on the southern southeastern border, our southeast corner so, of Alaska. Yeah, the, that the north, just northern equivalent. Stretch that over so it cuts off half of Canada, all of Alaska, all of Greenland, all of Iceland, some of the isles just north of England. All of Sweden, all of Denmark, all of North. So all of Scandinavia is gone. All of Russia is gone. All, like part of Mongolia is gone. Um, it is that north. So if you flipped no, wait, it, wait. that north is the equivalent of how much land south you cannot go to, and no one can. I think you're looking at the forty fifth as so far as the Mongolia line goes. I, okay, they just show Mongolia and Russia yeah, close, close as one enough, big... Oh, you're right, you're right. It's not Mongolia. Yeah, Mongolia's that little orange one. Pretty much all all right, most yeah, of Russia. Like, sorry, not Mongolia. Yes. My bad. My bad. I thought... Most of Russia and like 90% of Scandinavia. Still, That still stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greenland. So it's a, it's a huge amount of land. It's like an incomprehensible amount of the area of the Earth that they just signed away in this treaty that no one's allowed to go to. Um, it's wider than the Arctic Circle. Yeah, it's huge. And so I would love to get into, uh, that's why I want to do this three-parter, because this was kind of more of an overview one, but I want to deep dive into what like, what these operations consisted of and probably add in some of what Russia was doing at the same time, because I forget that Russia exists 
honestly, sometimes. So I'm glad that Josh <laughs> knew about some of these. But um, we have more elections for them, them, them to interfere with. Then you then you remember them. Yeah, exactly. Oh, speaking of which, you guys want to watch a video real quick of uh, them nuking the? Uh, you want to see yes. them nuking the firmament? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does this does this have the cool like aurora borealis effects they were talking about? Because I heard like they had those effects or like some temporary uh, auroras. It from, looks from fucking insane, dude. It looks insane. Okay. It looks like somebody's nuking the firmament. That's what it looks like. It's like a biblical awesome. event. I I it said silent and it started playing some music there, but I'm running this in the background yeah, while we talk. Music, yeah. but look at that! Holy That's shit! That's them blowing oh that it up looks in like, the air. It looks like a fireworks plus a bacteria. Yeah, cell it it looks fucking weird. It, it looks like they actually damaged the uh, the firmament, got out of the fishbowl a little bit, and, and it's like <laughs> right in the middle, it's in the process of like regenerating. You know, it's like a a. a, a a oh cinematic God, thing that you'd we see in, um, like, Avengers Endgame or something. Yeah, where you blow up part of the alien, and then, like, he just, like... Or, yeah. And just, like, yes. sucks back together. Or, like, your shield starts regenerating or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's I wanna live that's in that fucking world. creepy. No wonder they were blowing up the sky. That shit looks fucking incredible. <laughs> yeah, they did that at least 200-something times, apparently. Well, so... I, I feel like this is like a Tower of Babel situation where you like try to build a tower tall enough to, uh, you know, go up to the heavens and see God and uh, or connect connect the earth to, to heaven and see God. But um, instead, it's just trying yeah, to, trying God. to fucking like yeah. fuck him up. <laughs> and he blows up the yeah, tower and he what punishes you? you by giving everyone different languages, especially the dumb clucky ones from northern Africa. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. We don't need those click clock languages. Come on. We all can agree on that. <laughs> click clack. Oh my god. All right. <laughs> okay, so But that's my that's my overview of Antarctica. So just I just want your guys' thoughts on like is how is this not one of the most interesting things in the goddamn planet? How are people not like Seriously wondering why the I, fuck we're protecting the happy feet so hard. Especially the Soviet Union. Like, they gave a fuck about the penguins. None of their explanations make any sense. Yeah, I, I doubt any decision that was made environmentally... It doesn't make a lot of sense environmentally back in those days. Like, w when did the treaty get signed? Like, after World War Two, there... 1959 and it came into effect in 1961. It makes much more sense for them to sign this treaty where it's like, okay, no civilians down in Antarctica militarily. It made sense, but it doesn't make sense on like the, like it, it was this like their green new deal package that they ranted and raved about at like the end of like the 1950s. Like, I don't fucking think so. I don't think they're like, Oh, we need to save no. Antarctica for the prosperity, like prosperity of, of the, the natural, balance of our planet like Here, that yeah. was never Here, a conversation what they expect back then you to believe this is what they expect you to believe um we got really environmentally conscious about antarctica and we didn't want to ruin it and then the same year the treaty went into effect we sent hundreds of nukes into the fucking sky just to see what would happen <laughs> yeah I, I don't I don't <laughs> think like it, it would make sense in today's time period with like AOC being like we need to protect the penguins and all the ice protect the ice you know it's like well, I can see those yeah. types of people today's time but to have in today's time that's what they would say but to have like but, all like, of the UN be like well the environment <laughs> oh exactly and then and then even today they'd say it but they wouldn't act on it because right now I live on the Great Lakes 
That's one of the most natural wonder. That's way more naturally important than fucking. I can go take a shit in the Great Lakes right now if I want to. Like it's five minutes away from me. <laughs> I can I can go log the fucking rainforest if I want to. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are and, they talking and about and that will ruin Antarctica? And the rainforests are the lungs of the planet, guys. Didn't you hear it? Didn't you hear that news? The lungs of. Okay, I'll stop. It, it, yeah, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. The, the... <laughs> Yeah, I, I I find it very suspicious. Like I don't buy this whole. It's like oh, we're gonna be, and they also specifically said, all right, no military business down here. And then like Russia and <laughs> the United States are like, yeah, fuck everyone else. Let's start the arms race. Except for our military <laughs> that's enforcing the no military. Yeah, relation. Those guys. I mean, they gotta be on there, but not the other military. Yeah. They they don't. yeah. It's, it's just oh, for science. It's it's just for science, guys. We need a whole. We need a land. The size of America for like supposedly like forty scientific fucking heated tents. So we need this land the size of America, and no one else can go there because it's for science. For fucking science. If, yeah. No, I agree. If you believe that, you're a retard. Like that is not the reason. So yeah, that. What do what about you, Josh? What's your thoughts on this on Antarctica so far, and if or diving into this next two weeks? I wish they had like exploration permits, like you know, for uh, Mount Everest, where they have the the base camp and the like. You know, a certain number of people can go up uh, each year or each month or whatever. Um, I wish they had some version of that for Antarctica, where people could go down and like adventure and explore. Even if um, they did, it would be so limited and so expensive that they. And let's just say, let's just say, there's something wild. Well, they could there. use that money to save the environment. Well, well, let's hypothetically say there's something wild, like. It really is the edge of the fucking snow globe. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. it's something wild like that. They would say that they have the permits and they just control who got the permits that year and then never show. You know what I mean? Like, there's good good point. Why, yeah. If it was something uh, that cool, they if see that's the thing. If there wasn't anything to hide down, if there wasn't something wild down there, they wouldn't be doing this because they don't do it. They've never done it for anything else ever. That makes no sense. My my second point of interest is like the is the Soviet US treaty in the middle of the Cold War and um really I don't know history well enough whether or like to say whether or not uh, during conflicts that countries you know uh, will sign treaties with each other for a, a third party territory or nation and um something like that so I I could see that being the case um like uh let's say that France and Germany are in a conflict um, that they're not going to go, uh, you know, set up a base in um, the Czech Republic or something. Uh, I, I could see that being, uh, you know, a treaty that they would sign during a conflict. But I have no idea, like, what the historical precedent is for that in general. Or, um, but because in general, because it sounds super suspicious that the Soviet and the U.S. Would, would be talking and signing treaties like that. Yeah, about penguins, penguin treaties in the middle yeah, of the yeah, Cold War. Yeah, penguins. it's a little weird. A little weird that they were doing that in the middle yeah. of the fucking Cold War. Like. It's the largest no-fly zone in the whole fucking planet by, like, a lot. By, like, a magnitude of thousands of times bigger than any... any Tens of thousands of times bigger than any no-fly zone. Yeah, exactly. It's weird. It's, so, it's a weird thing. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to dive into that a little more the next two weeks. And the third week will be where I start dropping my real crackpot theories about Antarctica. Ooh, ah... 
But speaking of continuing series... Oh, let's start my series. We're starting two series this week. How exciting, guys. (laughs) Well, this is your continuation. You started Uh, already. Yeah, Yeah, I guess so. Well, I'm starting... I'm I'm doing a a prequel thing. I'm starting at the very beginning, finally. For, like, this, this whole... Uh, Bob's trying to rebrand it. He knows that selling number ones is a uh, successful sales strategy or people buy more of that. Um, so he's going to have a bunch of variant covers and like multiple number ones and reboots of his whole storyline with 9-11. But, um, <laughs> if part one is the prequel, Bob, it's not a prequel. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> it's just the start of the story. Well, it's a prequel because it's not the first one. That's what I'm saying. I've already done one. It's not the first time. Okay. Never mind. Uh, okay. Okay. It- Get on with part two of your stupid All story. Right. <laughs> well, part two, the prequel. Uh, we're, we're going back to... Did you guys know anything about Osama Bin Laden's father? Do you know anything about him at all? Probably tall guy with beard, rich. What a... Um, no, 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 did he have a good relationship <laughs> with his son? <laughs> well... <laughs> well... Is Osama Bin Laden daddy issues? Is that why well, he doesn't like America? Fu- funny... Because we, we're like known for our strong... Male okay, well, models. I think you're on to something gone. because, uh, what was it? Osama <laughs> bin Laden's father, Muhammad bin Awad bin Laden. Uh, it, okay, he he was born very, very fucking poor, right? Like, he, dirt poor. He was born in Yemen, and he traveled a, a thousand miles. They didn't really, like, explain by what means he traveled a thousand miles to Saudi Arabia to, to, to start laying bricks and become, like, a bricklayer and make his fortune that way. <laughs> But a fucking o- uh, by camel, duh. Okay, yeah. Just, just so you know, it's definitely by camel or magic carpet. One or the other. But uh, anyway, it, it, magic carpet probably. He was saying that he would dig ditches to sleep in at night on, on that journey to Saudi Arabia, and he was essentially just uh, a, a standard uh, bricklayer. And by the end of his career, he was the wealthiest Saudi Arabian um, citizen in the country. If you ignored uh, the royalty of Saudi Arabia, so like the the wait, but like isn't everyone a prince over there? So it's like well, ignoring well, five. So that's of the, the population. thing. Like you you mentioned like daddy issues and stuff like that. This guy had like fifty four children and like twenty something or like eighteen something wives, and he would only keep. Wait, uh, uh, Muhammad Awad bin what, what was Muhammad his name? bin Awad bin Laden. Ah, yeah. bin Awad. Thank you. So yeah. Um, he, he sorry, he was the one who had uh, fifty six. Fifty four, I think. Like it's fucking 54. insane. Okay, he had twenty three wives. Uh, how many? And how many 23 women? wives and fifty four children. Most of the wives were Saudis or Egyptians. Each had their own house. Milton, <laughs> um, uh, the Washington Post wrote like the Saudi royals. Mohammed bin Laden was rigorous in prayer, but liberal in uh, interpreting the Quran's sexual. Stri- uh, sh- uh, strictness i guess he married countless times occasionally for business reasons so like he he would have four no more than four wives at a time and then he would divorce two of them and then marry two more and then just keep <laughs> 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 like he had a he had an open door policy with like two wives at a time i guess like fucking the, the guy was a player but Okay, so by the end of his life, he became the the wealthiest person in Saudi Arabia outside of the royal family. D- is it suspicious to anyone? It, that's like saying, okay, who's the... Is, uh, Wait, did they still have oil back then? Uh, or was that all owned by the uh, royal family? Uh, 
the the oil boom came when he was starting his business and everything like because like the oil uh, the oil ah, system okay. picked up as he got renowned as a um, developer contractor in uh, in the construction world. So he made his billions oh, cool. of dollars by undercutting, uh, w- which is what everyone does with the government. You undercut everyone else on the bid, and then you come back with later expenditures uh, to, to make up the cost <laughs> and everything like that. Or just not pay certain contra- uh, subcontractors and stuff like that. So that's what he did. He would underbid everyone and then also like true. fuck over his workers and then uh, actually make like a, a pretty good thing. He actually... Uh, he remodeled and built Mecca, since we've talked about that tonight. Like all of like the royal palaces, like all of like the the Muslim like religious um, uh, like temples in Saudi Arabia were was were built and managed uh, by Osama bin Laden's father. Like, you know, what I want to know they never tell you about this kind of stuff. They just give you this story where it's like. He was just a poor boy that rode a magic carpet from from uh, you know Saudi Arabia a thousand miles and slept in ditches and then he became the most powerful person in the world. It's like, how did he get his first contract? Yeah, that, like, how did he get off the fucking ground? You <laughs> know what Aaron, I mean? This is a motivational story, not a business class. Well, that's what I'm. I'm curious as to like they. To me, I mean, I, I get it. I'm the fucking retarded crazy one but like to me that just sounds like a made-up backstory is way more like i mean the, the best that i could find was aaron not believing in the american dream the, the over best here. i could find was that like an attention to detail and able to like manage people and find like what they're good at and be able to manage like like managing people around <laughs> rather than you know what i mean and also yeah so it's, it's a euphemism for hard work he was literally homeless get the most organized homeless man and this story doesn't make any fucking sense to me <laughs> Like, oh, <laughs> this homeless guy was really good at organizing people, so they just let him build Mecca. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, how did he get started? <laughs> Who gave him his first contract? What are you talking? He was sleeping in ditches. He didn't just start building. Like, who gave him the first job? Like, that's what doesn't make any sense. That To me, that just sounds like, oh, so some fucking... Uh, deep state fucking agent for some Saudi prince that's part of some weird Illuminati cabal made up a backstory about him being the poorest boy in the world and then built everything for them and undercut a bunch of people and then had a a billion wives. A homeless man. This was a homeless man, self-proclaimed homeless man sleeping in ditches. (laughs) And no one even bats an eye at what happened in between to get him, like, his first meal. Like, you know I what mean, I mean? Oh, like, what the fuck his, his are they talking home, about? And then the 20 homes after that. Like, start small. Yeah, how did he even get the contract for Mecca? How did he even learn how to build these fucking houses? He was a homeless guy. How did he even learn how to design Mecca? Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, what the fuck are you... What are you talking about? Is he a genius? He's just a savant? He's the most Mozart of building shit? <laughs> and he was just homeless and just... Wandered in out of a out of the fucking desert after traveling <laughs> a thousand miles, shit. like a you, you know what I mean? Like he's brand the builder from Game of Thrones. Like what the fuck are you talking about? Like none of that story makes any sense to me. So you did ask if that makes sense, and I've been dying to get to <laughs> absolutely not. None of that makes sense. Okay, well that is what is what happened essentially. Uh, like so he 
he got really good at building and he built a lot of the royal family's uh, palaces essentially so that's how he became so prominent and so powerful somehow his contracting business he started buddying up this poor immigrant from from yemen started buddying up with the royal family essentially this is how this guy yeah <laughs> aaron's like shaking his head like like what the fuck am i listening to like of course this didn't happen yeah you, so you're telling me the story the story is uh it's, it's aladdin but instead of a genie they just become friends with him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> they just did hard work. Yeah, you know, the guy that went to steal an apple, and then, you know how the story ends if it was real in any way? He takes one apple, and that guy with the scimitar fucking lops his arm off, and then he dies in the street, like, screaming in pain. What was it? He first built palaces. And his pet monkey He first him. built palaces. Oh, no, his death is <laughs> actually even funnier than that. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, he first built palaces for the royal family and, and was then chosen to renovate holy sites, including those of Medina and Mecca in 1958, uh, when several Arab countries set about to renovate the dome uh, uh, of like this big mosque in Jerusalem. He renovated the, the mosque in Jerusalem, like all these holy sites. And then they also throw in these very tiny little things saying, oh, that he also built Saudi military bases. <laughs> very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> right where do you find the time exactly i mean uh to to be so spiritual and at the same time militant and 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 uh, rule with an iron fist you know i mean we did already talk about his uh liberal interpretation of the quran again guys he was a fucking homeless uh, guy this doesn't make any sense so no i i love it even more because the new york times suspension of the disbelief, new york times fair. wrote muhammad bin laden began his rise by working as a bricklayer and a mason for uh aramco the arabian american oil company which uh had been formed to manage the oil rights uh, of the standard oil company of california so there. Yeah, they're, they're always in the yeah. news. Mm -hmm. So there's the tie with that. There's the tie with like the oil surge that Saudi Arabia got when they started finding oil and everything like that. Uh, but there were lots of guys that were bricklayers for Amco. Yeah. How did he then get a military contract to fucking make a base and not like his boss and go, hey, Muhammad, get your fucking ass out to the fucking place and you're working a 16-hour shift for the next seven months building this military base, there's laying brick at a time. Oh. Instead, he's the homeless guy that happened to be king of all of them? Hold what on, are you talking? Hold on. Like, Wait, didn't you hear about the attention to detail? It was a huge... <laughs> wait, hold on. It was a huge <laughs> international company that the Bin Ladens built would come to do business with well-known American firms like General Electric and draw on advice from law firm Baker Botts, head, uh, headed by James A. Baker III, the former Secretary of State and Bush family advisor. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. Huh. Uh, is this getting spicy wow. or what? <laughs> Dude, he's got a better success story than fucking Forrest yeah. Gump. It's more unbelievable than that. I mean, he does. He honestly does. <laughs> like, he, one day he's laying bricks with his bare fucking hands. The next day he's like rolling, rolling tied with the Bush family. I can't, I can't get over Josh's fucking pointed at us out perfectly though. Fucking didn't hear about his attention to detail. Like, they literally just say, like, he had a fairy tale. Lots of people have a fucking attention. My girlfriend has attention to detail. She's not a fucking warlord. Like, what? What are they talking about? This is so made up. This is a story. This is real. Oh, God. I love it. 
the Bin Laden group. His but, backstory isn't real, it's, guys. It, it, it yeah, it's be. literally like a Disney movie that we're watching here, like Aladdin or some dumb shit, or like <laughs> yeah, like he, he if he if you're like oh he had the he found the genie and made some wishes, and you know, I'd be like oh okay there you go like that second part between homeless and getting military contracts there is not cannot just be washed away with he had an attention to detail. <laughs> Don't you love it? it it's, like, it's fucking okay. phenomenal sometimes. But, like, you have to admit, like, this is, like, he moved to Saudi Arabia between both world wars uh, and, like, came to prominence, like, you know, very, very early. Like, they're using, like, telegrams and fucking really shitty phones back then and everything like that. I'm surprised, like, I'm not surprised, like, things aren't as well documented for, like, his life than like a, a lot of other like shit that that was happening especially like in saudi arabia like, you yeah, know this this sounds like a history like he would be drinking at a party celebrating himself and he would be telling this story about how he worked his way up due to intention to detail and like this is a story he would tell about himself uh like hyperbolizing and exaggerating all the fine details to make himself look great yeah he was never just a bricklayer for amco like that never happened he was never just a bricklayer Ever. He definitely wasn't. So, <laughs> Definitely. I would stake my fucking life on it. Right. right. Literally. Homeless. So the Bin Laden group, this is like the actual like company itself, has built roads, palaces, skyscrapers, mosques, power plants, airports, and hotels. They uh, And then they also throw a side note at the very bottom of this paragraph. The Bin Laden group has also built military bases where American forces are, are, are housed. <laughs> like, hmm, okay. So, there, so he has ties to the Bush family and uh, the military-industrial complex uh, already. And this is, man, this is so far before, like, even, like, the 90s, but, like, before the Bushes even came to prominence, you know? So, I don't know. What? No, they were in prominence before that. Fucking Papa Bush? Yeah. He was big when, time in the 70s. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, he was the head of the CIA for a bit. Oh, God. Oh, that's even worse. You didn't know that? You didn't know Papa Bush was the head of the I, CIA? I had no idea. Direct and, CIA director. I'd heard it before. Oh, my I forgot. God. Oh. Yeah, when Kennedy got fucking uh, done in. Yeah, Papa Bush was the big boy in the CIA then. I did yeah. not know that. That is absolutely incredible. That's good. We need, we need to have our Andrew episode next. Oh, my God. Okay. So, he... Like this, oh, this really is preposterous. This is the most preposterous thing I've ever heard in my life. And these are the kind of stories that they give people, and they just you know, everyone accepts it without even blinking. Like, yeah, no, that makes sense. He just worked really hard. So, okay, and the funniest part here is that uh, Osama bin Laden's father died in 1967 when he was flying one of those. Um, was it? Uh, you know those water biplanes where it has like the the big uh things at the bottom and the, they can land on like the waterfront and stuff like that yeah those uh, are cool he died when his american pilot failed to land it properly and it and it killed him in 1967 that is the only information that you can find you can find what model plane it is and you can find that it was an american pilot regarding his death huh. it, this is the head of the most powerful and respected 
contracting company and conglomeration in the Middle East at the time. And he just gets killed because the American pilot misjudged like the altitude of where they were coming in or something like that. Yeah, that's probably bullshit too. Yeah. Uh, I'd also like to follow up on the, uh, the H.W. Bush. Um, according to Wikipedia, uh, The Nation in 1988 published an article alleging the Bush worked as a, a CIA op- operative in the 1960s, but Bush denied these allegations. Really? Of course he denied it. Jesus. Yeah. yeah so just I'll have to look into it. I, I probably the misspoke there. Out. I thought he was actually like a CIA director, but I guess that's not. he's not on the books as that. Uh, apparently not. I'm sure there's, there's something there, but... Um, yeah, apparently not. Sorry, I misspoke. I don't have all of the facts in my head at all times, so I will I will look into some Papa Bush stuff. Take that! <laughs> Thank you for looking that up, though. But so you don't look completely retarded when I start making claims that I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Look, we we do we do fact checking live on air. That's the type of show we we run here at Okay, Hear Me Out. It's very <laughs> professional, very uh, a truth oriented. We, we would never spread disinformation yes. on this show. That just that just wouldn't happen. I think. We, oh no, never. Eventually, you might I, even I, listen I, to our voicemail. <laughs> The, the whole <laughs> so, the, the whole show i have my my mouse like over aaron's name ready to click server mute in case he's about to spread disinformation <laughs> all right so that is the prequel part one of the 9-11 story we have aladdin becoming a billionaire in saudi arabia after his attention to detail made him the most powerful man in the middle east <laughs> Outside of the royal family. <laughs> yeah, the homeless guy who just was a really good bricklayer became the most popular. Yeah. And his son happened to be the most wanted man ever in existence. <laughs> so. And it happened to be with the people his dad was doing business with, yeah. or the ones that were, he was the most wanted. Yeah, with. yeah, exactly. So, we'll. Oh, we'll... Uh, yeah, this looks. This all checks out, boys. <laughs> yeah, nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, that, dude, every day, the more I learn, the more I'm convinced that we're in the biggest, dumbest, gayest play on the face of history. Right. Like all of history is just the biggest, dumbest, gayest play. Uh, massive, like it's a script. massive gay ops. That's that's all I'm hearing. Yeah. And and people yeah. said that no one would match Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, it's that like it's that insane. Like the more I learn, I'm like, oh, this is all just scripted. All right, that is my segment. Uh, I hope you guys believed it. That is what happened. That's the official story. <laughs> yeah. That, Thanks. I'm going to go continue working very hard at my assembly heard. line minimum wage job until I become a rich billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Let's just go. Let's go be bricklayers, guys. <laughs> if we just lay them real nice and straight, eventually we'll be uh, fucking flying bla- biplanes in Alaska. There we go. Deaths. Fuck yeah. <laughs> The dream, the dream, <laughs> the dream. Okay, uh, I'm I'm gonna close this out with a a short uh, fact checking segment. Actually, um, are you fact checking the fact checkers? The fact check the fact checkers. Uh, I actually haven't bothered to check what the fact checkers say on this, so I have my own <laughs> research. Um, <clears throat> so as as both of you may be aware, uh, earlier this year, I believe um, we've had like a year without any wild cases of polio. Polio is effectively eradicated. Uh, thank you, Dr. Bill Gates. And, um, so I was, I was wondering, firstly, uh, have you been following that story at all? Are you, um, uh, aware of this, this progression, this, uh, you know, um, I thought we had a whole bunch of it in Africa. Of public health. I thought we had a bunch uh, no. of polio. Yeah. But 
Uh, not not new, no wild cases anymore. Oh, so, now they're just lab made cases. Okay, got it. Yeah, so so there there are um some uh, what what they call uh, vaccine caused um polio infections, and that is uh, an instance where in order to more cheaply and easily distribute the vaccine, um, they have an oral version with uh, an attenuated but not inactive version of the virus. So there's a greater risk of um, getting an infection from the vaccine. Hmm. Okay. But I, I wanted to address this this rumor that uh, that I've heard going around. Um, <clears throat> wait, that, wait, 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 wait. Uh, Are we some... about to... Oh, yes. To... To debunk some disinformation about polio t- tonight with this. Awesome. Yes, oh my god, we're like real news guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, so there's a rumor that's been going around that uh, polio isn't actually uh, eradicated and it's really just been recategorized as uh, spinal meningitis or a number of other similar diseases. Have either of you heard of this, uh, this theory? I I haven't heard of it until you told me just before the show that this is what people were postulating. So, so, so what I'm finding is that there are uh, three diseases um, that it's uh, apparently supposedly broken up between. Uh, there's uh, aseptic meningitis, uh, uh, transverse myelitis, and uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome. Um, any of you familiar with uh, any of those those particular diseases? Mm, no. no, but. The last one sounds like gay and bar disease. <laughs> I probably mispronounced the, <laughs> it's, you know, French and stuff. And I, for some reason, I, I can never get a grasp on French diction at all. I can't either. I can do Spanish and that's it. Cause I'm r- really stupid when it comes to language. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there are a number of, um, different diseases, uh, and there's a, there's a number of overlaps with, uh, diagnosing them and with some of the symptoms to where uh, I, I could see they, how they could be confused with polio um, in you know uh, w- without the appropriate testing. Um, so, so what are the or, what are the similarities between yeah, the, so, the so for, uh, and polio? For for aseptic meningitis, um, you can test for it uh, by, or, and it is a um, cerebrospinal fluid viral infection. Um, so that's that's the same as polio. So if you're just che- checking for a viral viral infection in your spinal fluid then it could be either of those. Um, okay. And for, uh, for the, the Guillain-Barre syndrome, um, it's, uh, you, you can test for it by, um, or, or one symptom of it is uh, a cerebrospinal fluid that has um, too few or too low of white blood cell count and, or, and too high of protein count, which also is in line with, uh, with polio. Okay. Um, and then there, with between transverse myelitis and uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome, there's um, some overlap of uh, similar-ish syndromes, not not quite to the extent of uh, polio uh, paralysis, but um, some things like uh, uh, errors with motor neurons, uh, limb numbness, uh, some muscle weakness, uh, to almost the extent of paralysis. But um, so some similar syndromes or symptoms where in early stages it may look very similar. So with polio, what's the difference then with polio in these three? Uh, polio refers specifically to the, um, uh, what, what is it? It refers to a specific virus. Um, and where, whereas, uh, the, these three, um, the, or at least for the aseptic meningitis, I think the other two as well, uh, they aren't necessarily caused by a specific virus. It can be a number of different viruses. Like the, the aseptic meningitis can be caused by the herpes virus, herpes virus, um, in your spine. Um, oh. 
So what? something like that, or, or a number of different infections. Imagine in getting herp um, the, the happies so, in your spine. Jesus Christ. Oh. Yeah, I don't know exactly how that works, <laughs> but um, they're all viral infections, though. All four. The uh, the aseptic meningitis can be bacterial. Um, I believe the other two are viral. I, I forgot to take uh, take note of that. Um, but but they all they all can be viral, uh, from what I understand. And none of them cause paralysis, except for polio. Uh, not from what I was reading. No, not not full blown paralysis. Um, some similar early symptoms, but not not quite the same. And one quick question, just um, I I don't know, and I'm dumb, but does polio always cause paralysis, or like, do you know the percentage of times that it causes paralysis? Uh, polio does not always cause paralysis. Um, I'm not sure the percentage. Uh, Is it like I want to say it's. Or... Here we go. I I have it right here. Uh, many people fully recover, and those with muscle weakness, about two to five percent of children, and fifteen to thirty percent of adults die. For those infected, up to seventy percent of infections there are no symptoms. Hold on. I have a headache. Oh God! I think it was like zero point five percent. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I found um. I found, yeah, yeah. I found a chart. Yeah, point one to point five is what you said. Yeah, sorry. Thank yeah. You. Oh, so on almost none of them get paralyzed from polio. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty rare to yeah. just to get paralyzed from it. Yeah. So let's say in in the peak of polio in the the seventies uh, and eighties, where there were forty to fifty thousand cases a year, um, what point one percent of that is, um, or point one to point five percent of that is what, four forty? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's like forty to uh, forty to two hundred people. Um, and, and then like muscle, uh, and then some, some other symptoms are muscle weakness and stuff like that. And approximately 10 times that. Can, can I ask something just going to go? Okay. So what is your claim then that it is not the same? Yes. That's, that's my claim is that it's, uh, is that these, these diseases are not the same as polio. Um, and this is why that they, why they get confused. Okay. Let me ask a couple questions because I actually think I can. Okay. I can okay. make a case to you that this might not be, that you might be missing one thing. Um, do you know when they discovered a polio, which I know has been around for a long time, and when they discovered the other three? I'm not 100% sure on that. I want to say that um, I think one of them, uh, one of them I think was a, a long time ago, like the 60s or 70s. One of them, I think, might have been early 2000s. I'm not sure on the other ones. So, is it po- And polio's been around since, like, the early 1900s, right? Like, the, the, I'm sure. That they've called it polio, rather. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when did they start Yeah, that? so, okay. Um, I'll, I'll check one second. Sorry, I'm seeing aseptic meningitis, 1925. Uh, so, a, uh-huh. a long time. Um, late, uh... Late 1800s, early 1900s for the the transverse myelitis, and then for the the uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome is mid 1800s. So I, I had those wrong, um, but but it looks like really only good research about that until the mid 1900s. Uh, okay. Polio. Um, let me see. Now, but uh, polio since yeah, or early 1800s. If okay, not before, so polio was first. They had an gotcha. idea of it. Yes. Yes. Now, when did they come out with the polio vaccine? Uh, that was Salk in, um, I do have the page open, it is right. Uh, 
What is this? Ah, damn it. What is this? Uh, well, the, Jonas Salk uh, developed... The first effective polio vaccine was develop, developed in 1952. Okay. Now, what I would ask, because this is how they can get do it. Um, what did the total cases of polio and the other three all added up together stay at any sort of similar percentage and if not did it go down at the same rate as other diseases as a uh as like diversity of diet increased with increased uh levels of transportation and hygiene and general medical care so if it did go down did it go down at the same rate as maybe some other diseases that were around at the same time? You know what I'm saying? Because like, yeah, I, I do. Like, is, is general just? Um, I guess that because they can um, shift some of them over to the other classifications if they're similar enough, and just say, oh yeah, we misdiagnosed. We were diagnosing everything as polio, and now we've we we realize we've been misdiagnosing it, and it's all four combined are about the same percentage, which I wouldn't expect them to be actually. I would expect so, them to lower, but I want to I, I see do, if they stay in, if they stay at the same trajectory downward as other diseases at the time. Uh, so, so I have a partial answer to one of those questions. Um, so I have, I have an article up um, that is uh, has a chart. It's um, referencing a, a congressional hearing from 1962, where apparently in 1955, uh, before then, they had been uh, categorizing aseptic, uh, aseptic meningitis and polio um, together or labeling all those as quote-unquote polio cases. But afterwards, they, they started defining them as separate things. So um, then polio cases go down uh, automatically. Or um, I'm not sure about the trends uh, in the 50s and 60s and, and so, so on for these other diseases or um, yeah, any of the other trends. I, I did, not, uh, so did not do the research on that. Let's hypothetically go through this real quick. Because if hypothetically <laughs> they come out with the vaccine, let's say the vaccine is fucking nonsense. It doesn't do shit. It's like a placebo, okay? Let's just pretend that's what happens. So if you were going to get away with that, what you would do is all four diseases that are very similar would still maintain the same rate among the population when you add them all together, but polio would go down and it would disperse that percentage to the other ones. They'd start diagnosing it as the the more specific, uh, defi specifically mm -hmm, mm -hmm, defined yes. different diseases. And I would expect that to still go down and people would go, ha-ha, it went down, so obviously that's not correct. But I would like to see how that goes down with other diseases that um they were claim that maybe um had been going down already or were in an already downward trend because i believe polio was on a downward trend before the fucking vaccine because great depression people weren't get had didn't have the right diet they had much worse health you get 30 years down the line and the high hygiene's up technology's up you're getting more access to different food groups different fruits and vegetables you have a more varied diet and a lot more meat and protein in your diet as opposed to like just bread and whatever the fuck you can get your hands on, like bread and corn. Um, and people's health goes up from that. And I would wonder if it's on the same trajectory as a lot of other diseases that kind of just started going away because of people's um, just access to better food and hygiene. So uh, twofold in that. Um, firstly, with the, the congressional hearing chart I'm looking at, it, it goes back to 1935 and 
there was a dip there. Um, so that would have been uh, presumably extrapolating. It could be possible to say from this that um, that, that that looks like the trend that from uh, from the 1920s, yeah, from before the 1920s to 1935, 1940, that there was a downward trend. There was a spike then to the 1950s. Um, so. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, not, not exactly sure what was going on there. Um, and uh, also, they were I want to comment. They to sell with, a vaccine. That's what was happening. Oh, they, were, they were prepping to sell a vaccine. There was a big there spike was a, in the, the, the second wave. The, the, they, they played the long long game a lot better back then. The second wave was decades later. Um, yep. Yeah, they don't even play it that much better now, dude. People are just asleep to it. I, I'm not kidding. Like, it's, it's fucking preposterous. They, it's an ad to sell you shit. That's what. Um, that's what, that's what they do with Corona. That's what they're going to do with everything. And so I bet there was a reported spike right before they came out with the vaccine. But but my my secondary comment is, um, do you know when Bill Gates Bill Gates started working in, uh, where, where, which countries was it? Where, wherever in in Africa uh, with the polio vaccine. Do you, do you know around when that was? I, I think it was like oh, mid two thousands. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would probably 2000s. say that. Um, yeah, there there is from the early two thousands a market, uh, uh, no, no, a market uh, decrease in in case in cases and down to the uh, uh, supposed near extinction or like a year since uh, a case, a year since a wild case. Um, so what I would so far as wonder when you when they show you that though, that's just for polio, right? Yes, that's just for polio. I would love to know um, so, what the trend of all four of those combined looks like. On the same chart, I, I doubt. Just... I doubt they're testing for anything else in Africa. <laughs> so, uh, but just uh, I want to give a few numbers to give a, a kind of frame of reference or an order of magnitude. So, from the early two thousands, uh, there were roughly um, like uh, upwards of two thousand, like seventeen fifty to two, or between like a thousand to two thousand cases generally, and um, down to the the late twenty tens, it's down to uh, double digits, um, and uh, up to like. What was it like a hundred ish, up to a few hundred um, cases uh, vaccine costs? Wow! So Bill so, Gates really did a number on the polio virus, right? Is that what you're saying? It, yeah, it looks like in, on average, it looks like it's down uh, to about a tenth of the level it was since he started doing his work. Wow! Wow! Gee, I wonder who paid for that publication. <laughs> wonder who <laughs> scientists wrote all that. <laughs> Was it African scientists that were that were reporting on um, polio? I'm, I'm seeing the it... the world the World Health Organization is the one who created these charts, uh, these huh. plots. In case you're wondering, we I mean, not that I don't believe different paid for it, but it's just <laughs> weird to me that the person telling everyone that they cured it and showing you the downward trend also is the person that receives. The most money of anyone from a one individual, the one, the person giving the vaccine that they're reporting on, is the highest single individual donor to the World Health Organization. Seems like a conflict of interest, but I, I don't know. It's just me. So it seems like he would have a say on uh, them reporting whether or not it worked or not. Just if I'm, <laughs> um, I would rather hear I, from like a bunch of African people. That no, you know, no offense. In consideration of this point, uh, I believe I have a slight amendment to make to uh, my to my fact checking ruling. Uh, <laughs> this I, I would like to consider this case, uh, this rumor, 
mostly false. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, has Aaron swayed you in believing that? <laughs> I shifted the needle from false to mostly false. Well, 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 nice. Mostly false. Yeah, well, well we're still doing uh, some research on some of these trends, figuring mm-hmm. out the numbers, and um, interviewing interviewing African people, I guess. That's that's what we need to convince Josh Aaron. Came, well, Josh you gotta came start in thinking, here. Josh, you're too... He's too nice. He, he needs to start thinking, <laughs> if I was the fucking evil scammer trying to do this thing, how would I set this up to get away with it? And... You gotta start thinking like that, Josh. You're too sweet of a boy. Well, I, I went into this topic thinking that it was uh the polio that it was totally gonna be the case that oh uh, of course they're just renaming polio uh, spinal meningitis. It's like that's a thing, right? That makes sense. It's the the right type of scam. And I found out, huh? Okay, this looks like there's not you know a ton of bearing there. Uh, but um, I don't know. There, there's still some stuff I need to need to look into clearly. Well, like because here's some things they do. This is some things they do. The live statistics. So. Th- like polio cases are already trending down and then they just say well here's the date we came up with the polio vaccine and it kept going down and you're like see polio vaccine killed polio and it was already trending down to begin with so like they use that already downward trend in order to claim that they are the ones responsible for it just like with coronavirus, there is already an upward trend of how many people per 1,000 are supposed to die in the United States. That's going to continue, by the way, for the next 20 fucking years. And then they said, see, extra people did die we, based on us comparing it to 2017 because we're disingenuous evil fucks. But like, that's how they use those trends and stuff to then lie and claim they're responsible for the uptick. Whatever they're claiming is responsible for either the uptick or the downtick. It's it's what we learned with the the science is a hoax topics that if you take the the data at uh, enough data or the data at the right time or whatever then you can make whatever correlation you want out of it. Um, it it's just a, it has to be strategic and um, you know the the mostly false is a ruling that uh, I don't know how strategic they're being with this. Yeah, plus they're not yeah, they're not I, testing at, like Africans for like these other things like. W- what would be the easy way to? I, I don't to, think they well, are. Obviously, they're not. They're, they they can barely keep themselves alive over there. We're going in. We're going to test you for like. Hey, we, these... we, we can look at trends in the rest true, of the world. True, true, yeah. Like like from decades ago, probably. Yeah. I have a I have a thing. I, I wonder if you if you just let me know if you want to do it. But um, okay. Next week, when we get to part, part two of Antarctica, and we do part two of uh, Bob's nine eleven uh, little series here, when we get that. All set up. Do you want to do a find out what the trends were for those other four diseases combined? And then maybe we'll pick another disease that like was prevalent <laughs> at the time where there's like a vaccine around the same time or something. And then one maybe where they didn't come out with a vaccine yet and see what the downward trends of those diseases are and see if it's similar to those four combined and what the rate is combined, you know what I'm saying? Like, because if the rate went up on the other ones a little bit, if they had a spike, to just account for them getting rid of polio, getting rid of polio, in quotes, I would love to see that. I would love to, like, double-check now the fact check. Yeah, um, I'm... I, I plan at least doing a follow uh, on at least doing a follow up and having those few trends Perfect. available. Uh, I'm down for a that. weekly public health segment if you want. That'd be fun. Dude, I want to know about I want to know about those four because every disease. 
I want to push that needle from mostly fault to fucking holy shit. They really did just. <laughs> That's, That's my goal here. I love how Josh came in here. He's like, I'm going to debunk some misinformation, and by the end of it, he's like, fuck. I think Aaron might be right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's to the point where I can't say confidently that it's debunked. There's, there's uh, some outstanding research. This outstanding research that needs I done. I love it. Good job, Aaron. <laughs> Is this the, okay, hear me out, standard is higher than Snopes, okay? <laughs> true. Oh, and next week we will play the voicemails and see what actually feels <laughs> that. Oh, goodness so gracious. Yeah. yeah, thank you for Whoops. calling in. We'll uh, we'll address this next week. <laughs> we'll, we'll hopefully listen to your email, maybe. Well, we'll think about it, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll think about it. May need, may need vetted, may need a little bit of editing first. Uh, maybe some, some bleeps, some the recording. The first few... Could have been better. That's all we're saying. <laughs> we're taking a little break yeah. from voicemails right now. <laughs> yeah, our uh, first Bob, voicemail you know, you're, was you're the asking the first for a few. holocaust. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Incredible. Goodness gracious! That is a wrap on episode twenty. I don't know yet. Eight or twenty nine? I believe. No. We're on twenty nine already. Twenty nine. Wow. The fuck are we on, guys? Thank you, Owen. 30, episode 33, boys. Holocaust style. Oh, it's going to be amazing. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. Ooh, thank you for oh. listening. This has been episode 29 of OK Have a good night. Thank you, guys.